Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into Reddit in Moderation this week. This is the podcast where we talk to subreddit moderators to see what they and their community are all about. This week, we are joined by a moderator of r slash Smash Bros, user Stuart98, to discuss everything related to Smash Bros. Uh, before we get into the interview, I just wanted to give a uh, introduction and briefly discuss why I wanted to discuss uh, Smash Bros. Um, so Smash Bros is a fighting game series involving Nintendo and third-party characters. I have been playing Smash Bros since its first iteration on the Nintendo 64. I grew up uh, playing and losing against my brother and my friends for close to 20 years. I have played every game and have competed in tournaments for uh, Smash 4. I won one tournament and $100 uh, once, and I have actually taken, this is my proudest accomplishment, I have taken one game off of Elegant, the uh, best Luigi player in the world. He may or may not have been playing Luigi at the time. I don't want to talk about that. That's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, Smash is not just a game. It is a lifestyle. The community is amazing, supportive, and smelly. I love everything about Smash. With that being said, I would love to introduce our guest, moderator of r slash Smash Bros, who is not smelly, uh, user Stuart 98. Uh, thank you for being with us here today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, where are you calling from? I'm uh, calling from the uh, Salt Lake City, Utah area. Oh, okay, That's nice. Where I've lived for since I was about two. So yeah, you know, I've always wanted to go to Utah. I believe uh, they have like a lot of national parks. So what's the? Is there like a main national park in Utah? There's five national parks zion is the uh, that's most, the one yeah. uh popular one i went to three of them last year haven't been to uh canyon lands or arches yet was hoping to do that uh uh a few months ago but family decided to go uh somewhere else instead which was fine but uh, uh i think that bryce canyon is the best in my opinion the it's it's got the most majestic views nice love is inspiration there, point is there is there a big smash community in utah there's a sizable one i've been to a few tournaments uh send formerly known as best ness is a top 50 player from the from the area yeah i'm familiar with him i didn't know he was from utah though he's he's insanely good mm. he really is the <laughs> the best ness yeah. So how long have you uh, been playing Smash for? I've been playing Smash for roughly a decade. Uh, when I we didn't get a console until towards the the end of when I was in elementary school. So mm -hmm. something like sixth grade, we got a Wii. And Smash was, uh, Brawl was, of course, the one of the first games we got for that. And I've been playing the series ever since. I, I wouldn't call myself good by any means. I... Uh, I show up when on the rare occasions I go to a tournament, I get pretty thoroughly demolished. But <laughs> well, hey, I mean, like 90% of people do. Like, that's that's the whole point of going yeah. to tournaments, you know? Half the people who go to a tournament will either go 0 2 or 1 2. And most of those people are still better than the people who don't show up at all. So that's true. That's true. You know, like you can be kind of like in that area where it's like you're better than all your friends. But then you're the worst at the tournaments, you know, like there's that there's that middle that's, ground. That's a very common. Uh, I I'm basically in that myself. So 
All right, all right. So how how did you get into Smash? Like, did you already like hear about Smash Bros. before you got the weird? Did you get the yeah? The uh, for there, there was a friend whose house I would go over uh, to occasionally in elementary school, and we played quite a bit of Brawl. So, and have uh, you played uh, every game after Brawl, or do you? Yes. So, so I don't think anybody still plays Brawl. To be honest, I think you know of there's course. a whole like sigma around brawl and the tripping mechanics and I, mm-hmm. and all that stuff unmodded brawl does not get a whole lot of playtime. that's brawl true. minus now <laughs> you know i never i never played brawl minus um that's just basically where they took out all the bad mechanics and put in good ones right and modded the brawl, crap out of it brawl minus is where they basically made it so that every character has the some of the most broken stuff ever oh uh, so it's like everybody's broken so nobody's broken kind of a thing pretty much <laughs> yeah oh, that's dope that's dope um what's been your favorite smash game so far and uh, which game are you like currently playing right now uh i i don't have the uh technical skill to play melee so i've just been sticking with the newest entry of the series so i went from brawl to smash 4 to now ultimate okay and which one's been your favorite so far uh i i like ultimate a lot i think it strikes a balance pretty well of being fast paced while not having mechanical overload yeah i definitely i definitely agree with that and i feel like if you do want to get into depth with mechanics you can do that but it's not the most necessary thing i think uh probably neutral is like the Mm -hmm. biggest aspect in uh, smash ultimate Mm -hmm. and uh the neutral feels really good you know Mm -hmm. but i'm still kind of like up in the air between how i feel about um smash 4 compared to ultimate because they're you know they're very similar games and Mm -hmm. i i I went ham into uh into smash (laughs) 4 not gonna lie um so you say that you attend tournaments did you um i i've gone to i've gone to a couple not any since uh the pandemic hit yeah yeah i think the pandemic really like decimated the tournament scene you know everything uh went online um did you go to like local tournaments or did you go to like uh majors I went to GTX 2018 in uh, Smash 4, and then in Ultimate, I went to uh, a handful of locals in an Arcadian. Nice, nice. Yeah, I never went to any majors. I I mostly just went to locals. There was one near me called uh, FD, Final Destination. Um, you know, I live in Los Angeles, and there's actually a pretty strong Smash scene here in the uh, in SoCal. Um, so I would... the. I don't know. They're kind of notable in the Smash community, but like um, Master Mario. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yeah. But he, but he was he was like up there close to like a Zenyu in skill, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got bodied by him pretty hard. Um, Elegant actually went there a couple of times. Ah, oh, crap. I'm trying to think of other notable players. But it was mostly the people that would, they would go to that local, but then they would go to 2GG and they would play against real top players like Void, Zenyu, um, trying, I'm drawing a blank on it. Who else plays there? But there are a lot of, oh, uh, is it uh, the Fox player? Larry Lur. Yeah, or, I think Larry uh, Lur and Light. I think Light is or, also SoCal too. No, Light is New England. Uh, uh, are, you, are you thinking of Charlie DeKing? That's oh, another... it's Charlie DeKing. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of lot of talent down here. It's, it's really stacked. Um, what character do you play? Uh, that's an interesting question. So at the start, uh, at the end of Smash 4, I was playing Pikachu, Rosalina, and Corrin. 
and I kept those three going into ult and also picked up Inkling. And uh, at this point, I've dropped uh, Corrin and Inkling and am uh, playing Mithra at slash Pyra as my main with a side of Pikachu and Rosalina. So is there any like specific reason that you chose those characters? Is it because like you think they're cool or do you like their play style? I like their play style. The, so. Yeah, the each has something uh, particular that is uh, it just makes it the game uh, certain situations easier. So Pikachu's quick attack is great. The the way Luma can be uh, used to have a sword like hitbox uh, that reaches really far out. For Rosalina is really uh, great, and just the way that Aegis's can switch the the tempo of the game by mm -hmm. switching from really fast, aggressive playstyle to a uh, slower, power more powerful playstyle. I I like that a lot. All I have to say is, uh, great minds think alike, because I'm actually a Pikachu main myself. Um, I I don't know. I I think. Mostly it's because, you know, I, the tier list, <laughs> Pikachu is so good. But I think what it really comes down to is I, I really just like the technical aspect of Pikachu. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, what you were saying about quick attack, like all the things that you can do with it. You can just get around the stage super quickly. Um, I love doing um, the lightning loops and stuff. Well, actually, lightning loops is Pichu? Yeah. Nair, uh, it's, it's just narrow loops. loops. Yeah, just narrow loops for... Um, uh, for Pikachu, um, what would you say like your preferred play style is? Uh, I I like to play really lame. I when I play Pikachu, I'm a campy T Jolt spammer. Oh, T Jolt spammer! No, <laughs> you make us look bad. <laughs> and what about for uh, Ro uh, Rosalina? Uh, for Rosalina, I I like to. I actually play a rather aggressive Rosalina, getting in uh, face, uh, people's faces, grabbing them, and uh, using back air and F smash a, a lot. F, nice. F smash can catch so many people off guard with Rosalina. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I think um, it also hits below the stage too, so it's like a good for uh, for edge guarding and everything mm -hmm. like that too. Yeah. Um. And for Pyramithra, you know, there I feel like you could do you do it change up your play style when you like switch characters, you mm -hmm. know, between yeah. them. Yeah. The I when I play Mithra, I like to get in their face a lot. I, I use a lot of lightning buster. Uh and when I play Pyra, I uh more slow, waiting for them to approach me. And uh I I, I catch a lot of people uh, sleeping with Prominence Revolt. Mm -hmm. Oh, Prominence Revolt. That, that's the uh, neutral B, right? No, that, that's the up B that uh, kills at like 80 for some reason. Oh my gosh. Broken. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I play them. Yeah. And what, uh, what type of stages do you play on? Do you like uh, prefer platforms or is it kind of character dependence on you or, you know, like how do, you, how do you do stage I, selection? I prefer dual plats. So uh, small battlefield, Pokemon Stadium, Kalos. Okay, cool. 
Um, yeah, that's one thing that I haven't gotten too like too much into is stage selection, but I feel like stage selection really can make a difference, you know, in the in the games. Like some characters really benefit from platforms, some don't. Uh when like when I go Pikachu, uh I try to play, you know, stage without platforms so you can get like the uh the narrow loops in there. But mm. if I'm playing like a swords character, then that's when I want to play with platforms. Mm. Um have you have you done anything like a TO at any like tournaments or anything like that? I haven't TO'd for any tournaments, but I've seated for quite a few. And uh I'm actually uh a bit before this was this interview started, I was uh doing the seating for low. Uh, tight city which is coming up pretty soon gonna finish that up after the this interview is over so how does seating work like you actually you have to go into i mean you could just explain it because i don't want to guess <laughs> it so seating is basically determining uh when people in bracket fight each other so the idea is that you have you don't have your top players, MKLeo and Tweak, fighting each other in round one. You you have them fighting at the end of the tournament. So in earlier rounds, you have MKLeo versus some rando, Tweak versus some rando, and yeah. you you basically try to order it so that the the best players don't fight each other until the end of the the end of the tournament. Mm -hmm. So. So, but how do you go about making the seeds? Is it kind of like an, an opinion base or is it you have to look at prior tournament results and actually like use statistics? It, uh, there's no uh, like hard statistical method that we use, but it is a lot of, we look at the results that they've had recently and who, who they've gotten wins on, who they've lost to, just take all of that in aggregate and then generate a rough ordering right now where everything is randomized within tiers. So because there's, there's been such a dearth of results during the COVID period, we don't want to rely a bunch on online results because their online is such a different game from offline ultimate. So we, uh, we just have like all the ninths, uh, all the people that we think will get ninth we randomize that the people who will get 13th we randomize the the position between that so uh and the we we work generally as a team of people so like a half dozen to a dozen people oh wow. will submit lists to uh the of how they think the player should be ordered to the to and then those lists will be averaged and then uh, if we can hash out things from there, like this player and this player have fought each other uh, recently. So if we'll swap their position so that uh, this player will fight this other sim uh, similarly skilled player rather than the person that, that they fought recently. Mm -hmm. um, I want to get into some more like uh, meta questions about Smash. So uh, I just want to like, what, what do you think makes like a uh, Smash special? Why, why do you play Smash like out of all the other fighting games out there? Smash is special because it's simple to learn. You you don't have all these crazy button combos, uh, quarter circle things, unless you play very, uh, a couple characters like Ryu or, uh, or Terry. It, you just have 
these very few button combos and yet it's still such a deep game where so many different interactions and freeform combos can flow from that simplicity. So it's very easy. It's, it's the classic example of a game that's simple to learn, but difficult to master. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, you know, um, especially, you know, in, in the beginning, you know, with Smash 64, like you don't even have the special moves or anything like that. So it's no off. No, nothing. No side specials. I don't even think there was like a down throw or anything like that. It was literally yeah. like almost like a game of rock, paper, scissors. Um, now it's become a little bit more complex, but I think uh, you're right. I think the simplicity is still there. But if you really want to take it, you know, there's definitely levels, you know, that you can uh, uh, achieve. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, just for other people, the people that, you know, are listening to this and they aren't really uh, familiar with um, the games, um, like what would you say are like the differences, you know, between uh, like the, the four main games? Actually, it uh, says five, five with ultimate. So 64 is the simplest. It has uh, it has fewer moves available. There's no side specials. There's no uh, forward throw or no, it's just forward throws and back throws. There's no up throws and down throws, I don't think. And there's uh, you can't charge smash attacks. It, uh, it also only has 12 characters. And the, the big thing with 64 is that it's really, really combo heavy. You get one hit in, and then you can keep getting hits in uh, to until you take the, the character's stock. Yeah, I, I think that's because there's a, there's a huge amount of knockback. Um, it, not not knockback. A, uh, hit stun. Hit stun. Hit stun, so yeah. After you get hit, the, the amount of time until you can... Uh, move again is it's much it's longer in 64 than in any of the other games i think yeah and then what are your uh, thoughts about melee 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 is sick but it's not for everyone uh especially it it's uh it's much harder to play than it is to spectate and the the, the thing with melee is that it has so many technical things it's very combo heavy it's very you've got your wave dashes so lots of different movement options. Uh, Melee might be the most movement-based out of all the games. And uh, it's, it's a very punishing game compared to the others. Uh, 64 is the most punishing, of course. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, it's still pretty easy to get into Melee, I feel like, but... Uh, at the highest level, man, it will hurt your fingers because there was a wave dashing, L canceling, shine canceling, you know, mm. it's, it's such a technical game, but it is, it is beautiful to watch, you know? Um, and I think it is interesting that um, Nintendo didn't really plan for it to be the game that it is, you know? And um, so I think there's kind of like, you know, an interesting relationship around that, like, how do you, how do you feel about like a Nintendo's relationship to the Smash community? Uh, it's it's unfortunate. I I think at this point it would just be best if they got out of the of the way because you see these like uh, circuits that have been planned by uh, Red Bull or Twitch and they they want to do these things and Nintendo uh says no don't do that we're we have our own circuit that we're planning and then nintendo never puts out these circuits that 
they they claim that they're planning. Meanwhile, they interfere with the community. Like there's a, a really essential mod for competitive melee called UCF, Universal Controller Fix, that uh, it makes it so that in normal melee, there's uh, issues where you have controllers that are inconsistent. You need very specific controllers that are hard to find in order to play top level melee optimally. And Universal Controller Fix addresses that issue. It makes it so that uh, you don't need special controllers in order to play melee at a top level. Mm -hmm. And Nintendo bans UCF from being used at all these tournaments. And then recently you've seen them banning Project uh, Project Plus, the successor to the Project M mod for Brawl, from being played at tournaments like Riptide uh, a couple of weeks ago. At, uh, I, I forget if it was, I think it was Low Tide City that had to cancel it uh, in the past few days. So Nintendo just, uh, from, from the perspective of a, of a spectator, it doesn't seem like Nintendo is doing all that much for the scene uh, positively, and they are very tangibly impacting the scene negatively. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think a lot of the ways that they've interacted with the scene has have been, have been negative, you know, especially compared to um, other games out there. There's a lot of other games that, you know, they'll fund tournaments for and there'll be huge cash prizes. So like pros can actually make like a, a decent living off of playing competitively. But mm -hmm. I feel like um, the Smash community is different because it's so grassroots. You know, we have to do like all of our own uh, fundraising and everything like that. And I think most of pros probably make their money off of, uh, the community in, in ways like um, uh, YouTube or like Twitch streaming and, and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, you, you hear of players like Mango will go to an event and uh, lose money off, off of attending that tournament versus if they had just stayed home and <laughs> streamed it on Twitch. Oh, and that's if they like won the tournament too. Yes. They still would have made it, money. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. And um, yeah, I think in some ways, Nintendo, like they just don't want the game to be competitive. And I, I get it to a certain extent because they, I think they do want to preserve the, the simplistic feature. Uh, but I think um, there's just a lot of easy things that they could do, like even just like having a better training mode or something like mm -hmm. that, you know, like the training mode in Smash is just such garbage and um, maybe even having a better online, you know, like, are you familiar with uh, Anther's Ladder? Yes, I was semi-active on it towards the tail end of Smash 4. Yeah, maybe you can explain uh, to everyone what Anther's Ladder is. It was basically, well, I say was, I, I think it does I think it's exist. still there, but nobody really yeah. uses it anymore. But. It, it was basically the site where you could it, uh, have a skilled matchmaking ladder with uh, other people uh, playing under a competitive rule set online. So it, because there, there's no official ladder in Smash, so we have to make use of these community ladders that people have built and matchmaking, skilled matchmaking systems. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about like the newest uh, like form of like online, you know, like Wi-Fi, like battling um, Elite Smash? Uh, I, I actually, uh, I just barely got into Elite Smash yesterday. Fun story. I... Uh, my sister, one of my sisters was watching me play. I decided to pick me Swordfighter because it was 
the character that I had the highest uh, global smash power in for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am going to lose smash power. And instead I won a single match against some bad nest player and boom, elite smash. It was incredible comedic timing, but the elite smash, it, it doesn't, it is so bad because there's, <laughs> because there, there's no guarantee that the people that you're matched up with will even have a competitive rule set enabled. They might have items enabled. Mm. They might have crazy stages with walk-offs that have horrible gameplay enabled, or you might not even get a one v one. You might be thrown into a two v two. You might be thrown into a free for all. It yeah, it does not work as a competitive matchmaking system yeah and, and i think uh the gsp the global smash power uh system is pretty broken too because it doesn't really give you a solid understanding of like where you are you know amongst other players mm -hmm. because it's you get this like number and it, i guess it means that you're better than all those people but you wow. don't know exactly how many people are playing so you don't mm -hmm. know like what position you really are so it's like they don't they don't want you to know like how good you are at the game. And it's this idea of instead of showing them how many people are better than them, we'll show how many people they're better than because that will make them feel better. Except that the numbers aren't actually uh, quite accurate. It's, it's very possible for someone to get down to zero GSP. And if a bad player gets down to zero GSP, that's arguably worse than knowing that you have 9 million people above you or whatever. Yeah yeah that is, <laughs> that's true actually <laughs> yeah and um I, i'm the worst player on uh, in quick play uh, I, I remember <laughs> seeing those youtube videos <laughs> where people will try getting to zero but then there's also the opposite you know like people will like uh you know adjust the rule sets and stuff like that for like gsp farming and everything where oh yeah play, like one I, stock I'm, like i'm going or no the 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 farming it it's i'm going to play three stock three minutes and i'm going to pick the campiest character ever oh man you mean sonic <laughs> or uh, it, it's usually projectile characters that that you see doing that like tune links and stuff so what like um what things do you think that nintendo could do to uh, better the uh, smash community uh for one stop interfering with melee and project plus being the the that they're being played at tournaments the way they're being played at tournaments stop interfering with that and another fix the the online system for smash implement roll rollback netcode so that you can act uh you don't have this crazy input delay that you have in online smash currently mm -hmm. the it, it's it's crazy that uh the the slippy developers who who made the the slippy uh mod for playing melee uh they, they they've developed a better uh net code than nintendo has mm -hmm. that yeah. that's that's just insane and you know they weren't doing it for money or anything like that either i believe that uh project slippy is free too right mm-hmm yeah. Uh, didn't they get like, they didn't get sued or anything. Did they get like a cease and desist? I remember hearing something about that. Did you, do you know I, anything about that? I don't recall anything being done about Slippy by Nintendo. Uh, I, I could just be uh, spacing on it. I don't know. 
I'm just I'm googling it right now, and it I found a, a little article here that uh, Nintendo did issue a cease and desist to tournament organizers for using Project Slippy. Oh um, yeah, I I remember that. Yeah, that uh, the big house it it was using Slippy for melee, and Nintendo was like, no, you can't do that. And I think what they did was they ended up canceling the melee portion of that tournament because screw playing uh online smash without rollback netcode yeah and it's like why does nintendo care this is this is a 20 year old game too that they're playing like mm-hmm. um no, they're just can, very can, protective of their ip i guess can you can you imagine how many people how many more people would buy smash ultimate if no one played melee anymore it's it's literally dozens of people <laughs> that's true um so you know what what changes um do you think that nintendo could you know do to improve uh smash ultimate the newest game specifically uh rollback netcode and uh for online making it so that online you're you're able to set uh rule sets so that if the other person has these rules enabled you will not get matched up with them no matter what so that you don't have these, you know what type of game that you're going to get yeah. when you play online Smash. That that should be a, a basic component of any online gaming system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think those would actually be like super solid, super solid changes. And um, if yeah. Nintendo wants to support the tournament scene, then they should give it proper support that we're seeing from other companies like Blizzard, like Epic Games, where they... Uh, give tournaments proper funding so that people who want to play Smashers in eSport are able to do so as a living. Like, it's Nintendo. Why are why is it that the top Smash players are making thousands of dollars at a tournament when top Fortnite players are making hundreds of times that? It's true. I think at some Fortnite terms, they have like a million dollar like cash prizes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's, it's insane. Um, how do you feel like Nintendo is doing on balancing the game as far as uh, characters go? It, Ultimate is a better balanced game than any previous Smash game. I will say that much. There are, I think Nintendo has mostly done the right thing in terms of not nerfing overly uh, the, the most powerful characters, mostly buffing less powerful characters. Uh, Pikachu hasn't get, gotten any nerfs. Joker's gotten some nerfs, but they haven't really hurt him. Uh, Pichu was over nerfed, probably. Pichu's, I think Pichu's underplayed for how good it is right now. Uh, but the nerfs did undeniably hurt it quite a bit. And yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Pichu because, uh, so the way I play the game is, uh, so I don't really go to tournaments right now or anything like that. Uh, I just kind of play Elite Smash, and my whole thing is I'm trying to get every single character into Elite Smash. And right now, I am so stuck on Pichu. I've been playing Pichu for like a month and a half. And man, I would really, I would really like to have that forward tilt back. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if F tilt killed at 70? Oh man, it is so hard to kill with like Pichu now. And, and he just, he, he dies so early. Uh, man, so I, I'm really salty about the Pichu nerfs mm-hmm. at the moment, but I do agree with you. I think they're actually balancing the game really well, especially better than other games. Um, maybe you want to talk about um, 
maybe the uh, most unbalanced character uh can you maybe talk about uh, brawl meta knight oh yeah brawl meta knight was uh it was ridiculous so many uh just unpunishable moves and i i will say that i didn't watch a huge amount of competitive brawl uh i didn't actually really get invested in watching the competitive scene until about midway through 2017 Mm-hmm. But so from what I've seen abroad, just Meta Knight was ridiculous and ice climbers were ridiculous the way that they would grab, they could grab you and they could kill you and uh, compare, they can do that in melee, but in brawl, I think it was much easier to set up the, the grabs to mm-hmm. grab zero to deaths than mm-hmm. in melee. And that, that makes me, uh, reminds me of this question I want to ask you, like, what do you think about the community banning uh, certain like uh, characters or combos like infinites and stuff like that. Are you are you pro banning against banning? In general, I'm against banning uh, banning things. the The only things that I think are uh, that should be banned are if you have things that can like delay the game infinitely or until time runs out so planking and brawl was an example of that mm-hmm. and uh you then you've got uh other like uh in melee when if you're wobbling someone you can only wobble them up to 300 percent, so that you can't just get a, a stock lead or a percent lead and then mm-hmm. wobble them to until the clock runs out that's that's definitely something that is properly banned but that that aside, I'm not a big fan of banning things just because it's it's too strong or whatever. Like the none of the games are that terribly balanced where only one or two characters can be successful. There there's a variety of characters that are usable in top level play in all all the games. So I don't I uh, if if something's so powerful that you you want it banned I. I think in general, my response to that is just get good. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh. No, I, I agree for the most part. I think Nintendo does do a pretty good job of balancing things. Um, I think the things that I want to ban are mostly just my, my from my own personal bias. Uh, the only things that I really wanted to see banned um, was maybe Bayonetta in Smash 4 because she was just so broken and toxic and could just zero you to death from anywhere pretty much and even if you got it you know to a position where you can hit her she can just counter you and then send you into another zero to death and i thought that was extremely toxic and there are only maybe a couple characters that could actually deal with her the thing about bayonetta is that her combos generally weren't really true they're it's just that the SDI was not used a whole lot in most other matchups in Smash 4. So when you play against Bayonetta and you have to do all this SDI, it it's just different counterplay than most characters uh, required. Uh, Bayonetta was definitely a very strong character in Smash 4, but I don't think that she was uh, band level powerful. She was definitely a lot uh, less strong compared to the rest of the cast than uh brawl meta knight or yeah. even melee fox yeah no, i agree with that um what characters would you want to see like buffed in smash um ultimate uh hmm i like to the all the bottom tiers are uh 
pretty in need of buffs. So like Piranha Plant, Dr. Mario, Ganondorf, Donkey Kong, King K. Rule. Uh, I just like to see more character variety overall. Kirby is another one. I, I don't have a tier list in, uh, in front of me. I can open one. Yeah, it's true. There's so many characters in Smash. I think there's something like 80, 80 something characters. It's hard to keep track of them all. I'm going to look up one too right now. I'll, I'll take a look at what the the R slash Smash Bros tier list from uh, a couple of weeks ago is links from past month. Here we go. 380 votes, which is the highest amount since December 2019. Shout out to Duck Hunt Top Tier for putting the work into running the tier list surveys and uh, putting all the data together for these. So it Little is a Mac, lot of work, yeah. Incineroar, Isabel, Lucario. Lucario's weird because he was like nerfed uh, a couple months into the game. And that was just weird because he wasn't that great before. And now he's just totally trash. Yeah, I don't know. And he has he has a weird play style too, where it's like you have to like, you know, getting hit a lot before you can actually do anything to other characters. So I feel like Lucario is not for everybody, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um how do how uh how do you think that um tiers really matter that much uh in Smash? Do you think that new players they should, you know, use tier lists to choose? Who they want to play as or do you think they should just you know play as who they want to tiers are only level if you're at the the level of play where you're making money from tournaments so the for for well over 90 percent of the player base just find a character that you jive with that you're able that that fits you well and it it doesn't really matter where they are in the tier list. Uh, your your own skill is going to be a bigger limiting factor than the character's weaknesses. It's only at the level where you're placing well in, in these tournaments mm-hmm. that tiers really come into play. And even then, like Violet's a mid-tier character, and MKLeo has been doing very well using her in these tournaments. So... That's true. Are there any uh, characters that you would want to see added into Smash Bros? Right now, my most uh, hoped for character, which at this point, because of who the the last Fire's Pass character is, or uh, not, not the 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 uh, be- because uh, Pyre and Mithra are in the game, it's definitely not going to happen. But I'd love to see Alma be added. Uh, the Xenoblade X, of course, is basically the last good uh, Wii U game that hasn't seen a Switch mm-hmm. port or a direct sequel. So I, I was hoping that we might see uh, a Switch port for Xenoblade X and Elma being added alongside that, added to Smash alongside that, because uh, the, the other two Xenoblade games, their protagonists are represented. Meanwhile, Xenoblade X isn't. Mm-hmm. And which characters in like um, the past have you been like the most excited to see added to the roster? Uh, I don't, there, there's no uh, 
like my favorite Nintendo franchise other than uh, I, I guess it's currently Xenoblade, but uh, before that it was Metroid. But uh, since Ridley's in the game, there's Ooh. no obvious characters from Metroid to add to Smash. So uh, I, I like to see Ban, uh, Bandana Model D added because that's uh, it, it's weird how Kirby is this big Nintendo franchise and the one that Sakurai spent the most time on, and yet one of its four main characters isn't, isn't in Smash. Mm. Uh, but I, I was actually asking, like, which characters, like, that were already announced, like, were you the most excited to oh. see announced? Oh, like, okay. My, like, for, for me, it was Banjo and Kazooie. Like, you know, I've been playing, I played the original one, I played Banjo 2, I even played a couple of, like, the, the spin-off Banjo Kazooie games. So when I, I never thought I was going to get in because you got traded uh all the way to the microsoft you know uh, microsoft bought rare and so i was like there's no way that you know banjo's ever gonna come into smash so when he got into smash you know like i was one of those people that were going crazy i probably should have done the youtube reaction because i was i was ballistic (laughs) yeah uh i wasn't super excited for any of the dlc except for pyra and mithra that was Mm. really uh exciting and of course the ridley announcement in the the first showcase of the, of the game that was really uh really exciting because it there had been this uh basically it an ascended meme at that point that he was too big for smash there there's no way they're letting him in uh it it's not workable and then they they just add him and the the trailer for him it it was just really cool just how brutal it was seeing uh him uh kill Mega Man and Mario that was shocking mm-hmm. yeah you know I there's there are all the memes about like Ridley's too big for Smash like he's he's never gonna get in and and he got in you know it's it's amazing what Nintendo can actually do with um getting characters in you know like nobody thought that you know Sonic was ever going to get in too and he was you know added in Brawl um you know it's just crazy that you can just play this game where it's like Sonic versus Mega Man versus Mario versus Mewtwo mm-hmm. like there's all these huge characters uh and they're all come together in this one game you know it's it's just crazy yeah it, it it's it's been cool seeing Smash move from being a celebration of Nintendo characters to a celebration of gaming in, in general by adding all these iconic characters from non-Nintendo franchises in uh, in first Brawl with Snake and Sonic and then Smash 4 and now Ultimate. Mm-hmm. Are you excited about the uh, the final Sakurai Presents uh, this uh, October 5th? Uh, I'll be watching it for sure. Uh, I, I don't have any guesses as to who it's going to be, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm hoping it's Master Chief. that's all i have to say but that'd be interesting yeah um let's talk about uh players you know um which which players do you follow uh i i like esam a lot i uh i like mars i like cosmos uh the there's not a whole lot of players who uh i because I uh, am big in the the seating and also like ranking systems, I keep an eye on ba- the basically everyone notable's results. Uh, 
I I like the seeing the what happens in the Japanese scene a ton oh, because there there's all these random uh, people that you've never heard of mm-hmm. with uh, miniature characters that will show up and just dominate a tournament. Yeah, their character selection is so different in Japan. I I feel like in the U.S., like we're all about like tier lists and everything like that. Everybody, you know, just sticks to like this kind of high tier or S tier characters. But in in Japan, they're kind of they just play whoever they want to, whoever they think is mm-hmm. cool, and they just take that character to the limit. So when they come over here and they play against us, like we don't even know how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of. Uh... You see a, a lot of Japanese players who play weird characters, like Ryder's the classic example of that, uh, playing Duck Hunt. Uh, the character who's almost never seen in the U.S., the, the only notable representatives of the character I can think of are Ozone and Wisdom. And they, they're, even then, they're like not at that top level. So Raido comes over, and he just destroys people and does a lot better uh, in here generally than he does in Japan. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of top players, there's a lot of controversy around the top players. Um, mm-hmm. You know, recently, uh, maybe a year or so ago, there was, you know, a whole Me Too movement uh, within the Smash community involving, you know, top players like Nairo, Captain Zack, Zero. Um, I don't want to get too into too specifics it's, you know, we're not all about, about gossip here, more about being objective, but do you think uh, the me too movement within the smash community uh, was good or bad for the community and why? It's, it's absolutely a good thing. If you have these people who uh, the were known to have, uh, uh, have raped women have uh, had, uh, sexual relations with minors like that 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 stuff's not acceptable in the community and it was good that that stuff was exposed and it's good that we've by and large shown those people the door there's there's still uh it's disappointing to see that there's this segment of the community who uh wants to let some of these people back like uh d1 who uh he was outed for having uh, having sex uh, with uh, a drunk woman, and that that's unacceptable. And uh, he's th- he's starting to stream again, which there that's I don't think that people in the community should be welcoming that. The what he did is not okay. What the, these people they they don't deserve a second chance in the community there even if the legal system doesn't uh properly handle these cases of like sexual abuse that doesn't mean that we should uh let them just because they're not under criminal they're not under criminal proceedings that's not an excuse to just allow them to remain in the community mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think for the most part, uh, the the Me Too movement was good within the community. I think, you know, it brought a lot of things to light that people should know about. Um, And I think the community was actually really good about reacting to it. Uh, I know that uh, like players like were officially banned from certain like tournaments and scenes and stuff like that. 
Um, so I, I think in that respect, it actually worked out pretty well. Um, yeah. and the- I think they're being pretty like objective about it and, um, uh, you know, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was disappointing to see these players that yeah. uh, a lot of us held in high regards uh, revealed to be uh, doing all these horrible things. But the, the that's that's reality. They they aren't who we thought they were, and that we shouldn't. We need to acknowledge that and not allow them in our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, sp- you know oh sorry i i think on uh the the subreddit we've done a good job of making that clear and uh the we actually changed our rules on that uh on posts about that uh about a month or so ago month and a half something like that time flies uh so pre- we basically made it so that if someone's posting like an allegation or something uh, on Twitter, we we don't allow that itself on the subreddit because what happens on the subreddit, that's not going to ultimately uh, alter the the actual outcome. So mm-hmm. if someone gets banned from a tournament, then uh, we can uh, posts about that are fine. If someone uh, is if allegations are against someone are disproved like uh happened with nairo Mm -hmm. then uh and that leads to them being unbanned then posts about that are fine but we don't need all this discussion about the the uh what happens in the the interim but between Mm -hmm. something coming to light and action being taken because what happens on reddit isn't going to change whether or not someone gets banned or unbanned yeah that's true you know i think you know all that speculation can really only hurt people you know like Mm -hmm. i think it you know it's not helpful to jump to conclusions um speaking of you know changes within the smash community how do you feel like covid has affected uh the smash community uh covid as a whole uh it it was bad because we had all these tournaments going on before. And then once COVID hit, we basically had nothing uh, that there wasn't much to talk about on the sub for a while uh, other than like just gameplay clips and uh, online tournament results, which that's, that's not what people were coming to our slash Smash Bros for before. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that, that hurt the the sub that hurt the wider community. Mm-hmm. It's good that we're having online events come back now. Uh, they do need to be held safely. I hope would hope that uh, everyone going to these tournaments has uh, is fully vaccinated. I uh, anti-vaxxers should not be welcome in in-person no, events in the Smash community because they make everyone else less safe. And the uh, one thing that I saw uh, the other day that was really cool is CEO is coming up, uh, Community Effort Orlando, and the the TO for that, it, it's in Florida, which has a ban against events uh, having a vaccine mandate. But uh, the the TO for that, Jabaley, he was just like, we're 
we're doing a vaccine mandate anyway. If mm. someone wants to sue us over that, so be it. And that that was uh, really cool, really good to see. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of the uh, the TOs are really, you know, uh, thoughtful when it comes to COVID and, and safety. You know, I was actually browsing r slash Smash Bros today and I was looking at some of the top posts and one of them was by a TO and I can't remember the exact specifics, but it was one of the recent, you know, larger tournaments and he was like happily announced, like he was actually tracking, you know, to see if anybody got COVID at the event or anything like that. And a couple of people did get COVID, but mm-hmm. it was, it was only like five people out of like, you know, over a thousand or something like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's, it was like less than a percent or something like that. So I think it's cool that they're actually, you know, thinking about that and, and taking people's safety into perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, a to, to escape this <laughs> negative <laughs> subject, uh, what, what posts, uh, do you like seeing on, uh, r slash smash bros? Uh, I'm, uh, a big stats guy. So I love seeing all the statistical analysis about turn tournament results, uh, how well players are doing, how well characters are doing. And also just the, the, the upset threads that get posted for each tournament, like the uh that that's always been something that i'd like i liked following and also making like the the first tournament that uh i first got interested in the competitive smash scene in like summer of 2017 and i immediately uh opened uh started doing upset threads of my own so the the first tournament that I watched all the way through from start to finish was DreamHack Atlanta 2017, and mm-hmm. I did the the Smash Four upset thread for that. And I'm I'm always looking to improve the way I uh, do these threads. So I I've added like seed numbers to everyone's name, so that people can tell just what degree of an upset something is. Oh, that's dope! You know. I, I really admire you for doing that because I, I can understand like that's there's a there's a lot of work that goes into something like that because yeah it's really you're just like hard stats and numbers and, and mm-hmm. analyzing and there's all this work that goes into it and when it look when you when you see it it looks simple and it's like easy to read and everything like that but I definitely appreciate uh, the work that goes into posts like that I think those posts are definitely high quality um, mm-hmm. what are some posts that uh, you dislike to see and are maybe you know, they would actually even like take off. Uh, I I don't like seeing ultimate clips in r slash Smash Bros in general, just because it's such, uh, it can be arbitrary uh, enforcing our, we have rules about what types of clips are allowed and what aren't just mm-hmm. to uh, make it so that we don't allow like someone getting not combos against level three cpus or something Mm -hmm. uh but so some of the rules that we have are more uh objective like uh, is your clip longer than 30 seconds if yes we're taking it down and others are much more subjective is this a common uh gameplay string easily achievable by top level players i don't always know so uh i don't like seeing gameplay clips in general in the sub just because it's it can be difficult uh to draw the line of when a post should be taken down or and when it should be left up Mm -hmm. i don't have uh it's kind of just soured my ability to 
enjoy ultimate clips on reddit in general whereas mm. if i if i see a clip in my twitter feed i'll i can just be like oh that's sick so uh, that's true that's true um how often would you say you have to like ban uh posts or users i mean it it depends we we can go through stretches of a few days without having to ban anyone uh because no one's uh no one's uh saying anything nasty or anything uh or at least that that's ideally the reason why it could just be that someone's saying something nasty but it's not getting caught by any of our filters and no one ever reports it to us mm -hmm. uh the if if you see something that you think breaks the rules, report it. The it, it's always frustrating as a moderator seeing something that goes unreported for days that is one hundred percent banned worthy. Mm. And so, what is your role as a moderator? Do you have like a specific role different from the other moderators, or do you guys all like kind of do the same thing collectively? How does, uh, how does the moderating work over at our slash match first? We don't have any like just defined hierarchy or uh, roles for each mod. It's just uh, we, we don't have a real manpower shortage. So if someone's available to mod, then they, they mod. But it's, it's not a big deal if they aren't. And all of our decisions, we have a channel in our Discord. Uh, called courtroom so if, if someone wants to see something changed on the sub they'll bring it up and then we'll vote we'll discuss it we'll vote on it and uh whatever the the, the that ends up uh resulting in after a few days we'll we'll implement it cool how, how uh, did you become a moderator so, for your community so i uh i was uh, active on smash on our slash smash bros from uh starting in like July, 2017. And in September of 2018, uh, mod apps were opened for the first time since I uh, became active in the sub. And I had been a moderator in uh, r slash DLC, Doki Doki Literature Club, mm -hmm. since January of that year. Uh, I resigned from that in uh, February of this year because uh, it, uh, I just wasn't super interested in the DLC yeah. community anymore. Uh, so uh, I, I applied in September and I was made a mod. Uh, my application was accepted and I was made a mod something like October 16th, 2018. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've been doing it for about three years then. Yep. Mm -hmm. Nearly. Now, what, like, what is like your day like as a moderator? I mean, not like your whole day, but like, do you have certain times that you check, you know, your mail or anything like that? Like, what is your flow like? I'm on Reddit all the time. So I, I just, uh, I have the toolbox extension so I can just see down at the bottom. This is how many mod mails there are. This is how many items are in mod queue. So if something comes up, then I'll just, uh, uh open the mod queue and deal with it uh there, there's no regular times that i check i'm also uh even i'm always uh keeping an eye on the discord for any new messages in there there's a bot that i'm hosting that uh transcribes any mod mails that we get to a channel in the discord so we can just everyone can, it 
is uh, able to see this is a mod mail that's come in if anyone wants to respond to it. Nice, nice. Well, you know, it's been about an hour. I don't want to hold you for too long. Um, do you have anything that you want to uh, plug right now or, or you know, uh, like you have like Instagram, Twitter, anything like that? Uh, the, I do have a Twitter. It's mostly uh, political stuff. You won't see a whole lot of Smash stuff on it. However, if you do want to check that out, it's uh, Stuart98 underscore. Stuart is spelled S-T-U-A-R-T. Okay. Awesome. Well, hey, you know, thank you so much for coming on today. I had a blast talking about Smash. I could honestly talk for like 10 hours straight about this, but it's getting late over over here. And I know over there it's even later because you're on a, a mountain uh, standard time. So uh, yeah, again, just thank you so much, Stuart. Um, one, one thing before you go, because I, I want to ask you this and I want to, I want to, I want to challenge you to game of Smash actually, if you oh, have no. the time. <laughs> <laughs> This is an official challenge, uh, so I'll you know I'll, I'll text you uh, or message you in Reddit, and we'll hopefully we'll get the ball rolling on that. Do, do we want to post that on the, the YouTube channel? Or I think that's a good idea. You know, uh, yeah, we'll try to record it. We'll post it on the YouTube channel. I think it'll be dope. Okay. All right, Stuart. Well, thanks again for being here. You have a good one. Okay. You too. All right. Bye. See ya.